Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by the Book Guide. Examples of such weapons, bent fourfold, bore the elven name of Zephar, since the bow's shape formed that rune. Milva had used Zephars for several years and couldn't imagine a bow capable of outclassing them. But she had finally come across one. It was, of course, at the seaside bazaar in Sedaris, which was renowned for its diverse selection of strange and rare goods, brought by sailors from the most distant corners of the world, from anywhere a frigate or galleon could reach. Whenever she could, Milva would visit the bazaar and look at the foreign bows. It was there she bought the bow she'd thought would serve her for many years. She had thought the Zephar from Zerikania, reinforced with polished antelope horn, was perfect for just a year. Twelve months later, at the same market stall owned by the same trader, she had found another rare beauty. The bow came from the far north. It measured just over five feet, was made of mahogany, had a perfectly balanced riser and flat laminated limbs glued together from alternating layers of fine wood, boiled sinew and whalebone. It differed from the other composite bows in its construction and also in its price, which is what had initially caught Milva's attention. When, however, she picked up the bow and flexed it, she paid the price the trader was asking without hesitation or haggling. Four hundred Novigrad crowns. Naturally, she didn't have such a titanic sum on her, Instead, she had given up her Zerikanian Zephar, a bunch of sable pelts, a small, exquisite, elven-made medallion, and a coral cameo pendant on a string of river pearls. But she didn't regret it. Not ever. The bow was incredibly light and, quite simply, perfectly accurate. Although it wasn't long, it had an impressive kick to its laminated wood and sinew limbs. Equipped with a silken hemp bowstring stretched between its precisely curved limbs, it generated 55 pounds of force from a 24-inch draw. True enough, there were bows that could generate 80, but Milva considered that excessive. An arrow shot from her whalebone 55er covered a distance of 200 feet in two heartbeats and at 100 paces still had enough force to impale a stag while it could pass right through an unarmoured human. Milva rarely hunted animals larger than red deer or heavily armoured men. The butterfly flew away. The chaffinches continued to make a racket in the undergrowth, and still nothing crossed her line of sight. Milva leant against the trunk of a pine and began to think back, simply to kill time. Her first encounter with the Witcher had taken place in July, two weeks after the events on the Isle of Thaneth and the outbreak of war in Dolangra. Milva had returned to Brokilon after a fortnight's absence, she was leading the remains of a Scoia'tile commando, defeated in Temeria during an attempt to make their way into war-torn Adian. The squirrels had wanted to join the uprising incited by the elves in Dolblathana. They had failed, and would have perished had it not been for Milva. But they'd found her and refuge in Brokilon. Immediately on her arrival, she had been informed that Aglais needed her urgently in Colserai. Milva had been a little taken aback. Aglais was the leader of the Brokilon healers, and the deep valley of Colserai, with its hot springs and caves, was where healings usually took place. She responded to the call, convinced it concerned some elf who had been healed and needed her help to re-establish contact with his commando. But when she saw the wounded witcher and learned what it was about, she was absolutely furious. 
She ran from the cave, with her hair streaming behind her, and offloaded all her anger on Aglais. He saw me! He saw my face! Do you understand what danger that puts me in? No, no, I don't understand, replied the healer coldly. That is Queen Blythe, the witcher, a friend of Brokelon. He has been here for a fortnight since the new moon, and more time will pass before he will be able to get up and walk normally. He craves tidings from the world, news about those close to him. Only you can supply him with that. Tidings from the world? Have you lost your mind, Dryad? Do you know what is happening in the world now, beyond the borders of your tranquil forest? A war is raging in Adian. Brugger, Temeria and Redania are reduced to havoc, hell and much slaughter. Those who instigated the rebellion on Thaneth are being hunted high and low. There are spies and Angivari, informers, everywhere. It's sometimes sufficient to let slip a single word, make a face at the wrong moment, and you'll meet the hangman's red-hot iron in the dungeon. And you want me to creep around spying, asking questions, gathering information, risking my neck, and for whom? For some...